Hello, and welcome to the Subnormal Podcast. My name is Lauren, and this is a podcast where I interview artists with spiritual practices, because what inspires us artistically is also what feeds us spiritually, and sometimes the other way around. Today's podcast comes from an amazing painter up in Saskatchewan, I'm terrible at pronouncing it, so forgive me, Canada, named Jade. Jade is a artist, art therapy student, as well as a Reiki practitioner who is creating mind-blowing, psychedelically colored paintings. The first time I saw her work, I was absolutely blown away by her use of color. And I think you're going to definitely, once you check out the links down below and check out her work, you're going to feel the same. Her use of color is striking. It's powerful. It's poignant. It's, as I said, psychedelic, but more than just that, it's otherworldly. Jade's subjects might vary quite a bit, from figural to abstract, mandala-like, but something she's been getting into lately, and we discuss in this episode, is her work with landscapes. These landscapes still mirror her beautiful use of color and the richness that she imposes by adding these vivid lights, brights, and hues. All feels in deep reverence for the land she is capturing. And so in today's podcast, we go into her journey with art, using art as a outlet, what has kind of come up with her art therapy work, the clients that she works with, and going back to her landscapes, this deep reverence for the land that she walks on and captures in her paintings. To check out her work, the link tree, as always, is in the show notes, but you can find her on Instagram at a.n.i.m.a.i.n.f.i.n.i.t.a um so <laughs> if you weren't able to pick that up of course make sure to check it out link tree is in the show notes that is where you can find all the goodies including her facebook youtube well, like just all the things um but with that said um before we dive in and share this beautiful conversation which i will just say before even that this conversation with jade and i brought up a lot of sweetness um thinking on sweet memories of loved ones and i just i really am thankful that Jade and I got to have this conversation. It was really special just from an individual standpoint. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Um, But a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in. 
As always, if you would like to support the podcast, there are ways to do that, such as, but not limited to, share this episode with a friend, family member, or someone you love. Um, You can also follow on Spotify that helps boost the algorithm and also let the algorithm know to recommend this podcast to people who might be listening to similar. But of course, other ways of supporting the podcast are through the Patreon. That link is also in the show notes. Over on Patreon, we use Art as Ritual. There are monthly recordings, um, early access to the podcast, but also creative prompts to kind of get you going. Right now, um, everything on the Patreon except for early access to the podcast is free to the public. So if you want to support the podcast by becoming a patron, that's great. But if you're curious to just use art as ritual, all my ritual recordings that are on Patreon are also up on YouTube. So you can connect with those there. But if you're just wanting to dip your toe in and kind of check it out, maybe find some fun playlists, those prompts and video recordings of rituals, Again, check that out, and as always, your support is deeply, deeply appreciated, and it is just such a pleasure to have these conversations with such amazing artists and to share their work with people like you. So last thing, make sure to support these artists, check out their work, look at what they're doing see where they're at maybe one of these artists is near you in which case that's amazing go see them at an event see if they're teaching a workshop this podcast is all about connecting people to artists as well as sharing their art with you and the deeper deeper meanings behind why but with that said big big gratitude to jade Big gratitude to you for being here and a part of this journey. And let's just dive right in. What are you currently working on? Lots of different things. Um, At the moment, my main focus is on landscapes, which is a shift from kind of where I've been coming from with my work. Mm. But it's making a lot of sense with where I'm currently at kind of like in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm focusing more on landscapes. Um, but I have some old projects from years, like over the years that I have not finished mm-hmm. that are um, more of my symmetrical kind of non-formative, very psychedelic, colorful works that I'm still picking away at. Mm-hmm. And uh, some commission pieces as well, kind of along the same lines, like doing more of the symmetry work. And so, yeah, there's a few things that are in the fire at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. Well, when what you've mentioned with the landscapes, what does that mean? What kind of like where you're you're at right now and and how does where you're at in your journey connect to the work with landscapes? I see, uh, like my connection with the land is pretty spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's been something that I've been doing my whole life, like 
spending a lot of time walking the land and exploring and but it never really crossed my mind to paint landscapes I guess I just never really thought that that was like it's been done that's kind of how I saw it and I didn't yeah. think I had anything to offer um, and so when I was focusing more on my symmetrical artworks that were more non-formative, very like intuitive painting mm -hmm. at the time that served its purpose. And that was something that I really needed to do. Um, but then it was just one day I was, I was hiking and I was spending time outside and I'm always hiking by myself. I don't usually go with anyone. And I came across this, it was like kind of almost like a teepee structure that someone had put together using all the driftwood that was accumulated on the beach. Mm. And it just struck me. Like it was such a cool thing to come up on. Cause normally I don't find things like that. Yeah. And uh, I took pictures of it. And then I just kind of said, I need to paint this. Like this is mm. something about that situation and about the structure, the symbolism around what I found made me feel like I actually do have something to offer or to say, or to even explore when it came to landscape painting. Yeah. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. And since that painting, I see the land very differently now. My time spent out there mm. is more intentional than it was because now, um, like I think painting that painting I spent, I was spending so much time kind of examining the landscape because I'm painting it now. Yeah. And it developed a different relationship with it. So, you know, I'm like, oh, I know how those hills feel. I know how that piece of wood feels because I've painted it. And so now when I'm going out in nature, I have that kind of running through the back of my mind. Right. Is this something that I want to go deeper into? Mm. And what's what's it going to teach me? What am I going to learn? And so, yeah, that's very much where I'm at. And I'm very much existing more in um, more in reality, I guess, <laughs> than yeah. previously when my paintings were maybe more cosmic focused mm. and inspired. But now I'm very much like, I need to be grounded. I need to feel rooted in my life. And landscape painting is kind of allowing me to do that. Ah, oh, I love hearing that because there's so many beautiful things you brought up as far as like connecting with the land, having that relationship already is really special. And just hearing that like, aha, of that even deeper connection going from just being present with the land, which is sacred and special and, and important to like, it almost reminds me of religious iconography where we want to connect with these spirits. So people have painted these saints and depictions of Jesus or God, our gods. And it's like, well, this is just another avenue of that where we're like, creating in a way that we honor and like deepen that connection that's already so sacred and and important mm -hmm, totally and then seeing where that goes because once you mm -hmm. start to kind of take pause and say I'm gonna stand here for a little while 
and look into, you know, um, there's so much more that can come out of that. It kind of right. starts revealing more of itself to you because you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. And I also think it's really interesting hearing what you said about like, well, it's already been done. And I think that's an interesting take because seeing, looking on your Instagram and seeing your landscape pieces, they are so different than mm. a lot of the landscapes that I have seen. And I think that's really, I, I want to share that to validate even more because I feel like as artists, we can be a little critical like that where we're like, well, you know, does anyone need to do this? It's already been done. And it's like, yes, do it. Because the the electric colors that I'm seeing that you pick up are so reminiscent from your other work that you've done as well. It's like so psychedelic still, but earthly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank you for saying that because um, I think that was intentional for me because mm. my previous paintings, yeah, definitely very vibrant with color. Um, and there was someone that I was working with kind of as a mentor years ago, which was such a wonderful experience. But he said, you know, like, ah, oh, maybe you want to tone down your, your neon colors because those don't exist in nature. Mm. And so I was like, huh, yeah, that's true. But that was such a big part of my style. Like I loved using more neon fluorescent kind of like really bright colors. Right. And I, I think that's part of the reason why it took me a while to settle into like being comfortable with landscapes because I thought, well, I can't use my, I can't use those colors because they don't exist in nature necessarily. But I kind of just was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to mm -hmm. go for it and, and do it. Yeah. I love that. I, I think it's really interesting because as artists, you know, we can always get feedback from other creatives and that feedback can be helpful. But I think there's also something really special about just knowing what's true for you and what's important to you or just what's comfortable for you. Because there is ways of going outside your comfort zone and kind of like pushing the box, but still staying true to who you are as an artist rather than like being like, well, like, I guess I have to abandon that to be able to do this. Right. And it's all about at the end of the day, I'm expressing my experience. And so when I am out in nature, that is my experience. Like this is actually how I see the land. Mm. It's so bright and full of color. And I wanted to sort of somehow portray it being more alive. Yeah. Kind of almost like on like exaggerate that a little bit more so that that would come through more in my work that like this thing is actually like vibrating or it's like illuminated or something, you know, to kind of mm. give that. Yeah. And where I'm from in Saskatchewan, sometimes the colors here in the landscape can be more dulled. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just thought, no, I want to, I want to brighten it up and like focus more on what I see and how, how this land makes me feel. And it is like, it's like so alive and rich. Mm, I Colors. love, mm -hmm. I love that. I love this connection to feeling how that, that feels. Cause I feel like, um, as you were just talking, it kind of reminded me of Van Gogh 
Mm. And like this idea of like capturing really vivid colors and like capturing the movement or just that feel of something that is like alive. And that is, you know, what, what I kind of associate with Van Gogh is kind of like capturing that energy, but like you're doing it explicitly as well with color. Mm. Like, and I think that's a really important, like, you know, when you're talking about the land, carrying out that like heart centered space I can hear from you is like really important. And I'm curious, um, talking about the land a little bit more, have you always lived in that area? Is that something that like, as a child, you've kind of grown up with the land as, as that almost mentor as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I am currently living where I grew up, mm. but I haven't always lived here. So, you know, I think it's probably normal for a lot of people that when they, you know, they grow into their teen years and young adulthood, they want to get out of the place yeah. that they came from. And that was very much my story. I couldn't wait to get out of here. And and I think it was because I left that that really deepened my appreciation for this place. But as a kid, that's something that my parents, mainly my dad, like my dad had a really good relationship with the land. And so through him, we would go out, we would hike together, we would find all these amazing like animals and we would observe wildlife. And, and it he really taught me to value the land. And uh, so I think, yeah, that really laid the foundation. And then as an adult now, it's like, well, I want to reconnect with that. And because I've left, I think that I've seen other parts of the world. And yeah, it's just made me really realize that my heart belongs here. And um, so, yeah, going out and hiking, it's been such a huge part of my growth into even like finding myself again, because this is where I'm from. It makes sense that this is where I'm going to find the deepest connection, at least to me, that's how it feels that it was really important for me to return here and spend a lot of time with the land. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. I'm curious as well, talking about your journey. um, I would love to know more about what kind of got you into making the art you originally were making. Has that always been something you've like just always been an outlet along with with being outside and with nature how did that kind of come to fruition for you that's a good question um so art art has always been a big part of my life ever since I was like old enough to hold a pencil I was Mm -hmm. gravitating to art um but how I kind of started was I wanted to teach myself how to draw so I was using references like comic books or you know, editorials out of magazines. And I just would try to really build up my skill Mm -hmm. with becoming as realistic as possible. And for a long time, I was just drawing with pencil. Like I wasn't even using color. And then it was in high school in art class that I decided to try painting for the first time. And and painting, the painting that I chose to do was of a landscape. Um, (laughs) I had this postcard. Um... It was so vibrant in color too, but it was of a really uh, famous kind of mountain range that's here in Canada called the Three Sisters. I don't know if you're familiar, but 
it's these three mountain peaks that are all together. And that's what I painted. And through that experience, I was like, okay, well, painting is very similar to drawing. I can go with this. Like I had already kind of picked up enough skill to be able to recreate from a photograph and paint it. But it wasn't until um, actually I lost a loved one. My dad mm. ended up passing away. And that brought up so much feeling, as it mm. would, um, for me. And I was, I didn't know what to do with any of that emotion. I'd never lost someone that close to me before. And it kind of brought up this urge to just paint without any reference photo, like just completely mm. paint what I was feeling. And that was kind of the first time that I tried doing something intuitively. Wow. And that just set me off. Um, I had a lot of really spiritual questions at the time after losing him. Like, you know, where did he go? Yeah. What happens after we die? Like really existential questions. And then mm -hmm. that kind of started to turn my interest into looking outside of the physical world as I knew it. And I remember um, at the time I was studying psychology in university. So I was really interested in the Rorschach inkblot tests mm -hmm. for one. And then I stumbled upon um, pictures from the Hubble telescope of like all the nebula images. Mm. And they were just so amazing. Like or the Orion nebula stuck out to me the most because it was so many different colors. It was like a rainbow of color. And I remember just thinking like, what is it that I'm looking at? Like, what, mm -hmm. what is this? It's so vast. And it kind of had this like heavenly body feeling, you know, and I really just sort of sunk into that. And I wanted to explore that world a little bit more. So I started painting images of um, various nebula images so that I could, again, like sort of deepen my relationship and my understanding of like what that world might feel like. Right. And then I, I just one day was like, I'm going to merge these two interests together, the inkblot test um, interest with the symmetry mm -hmm. and seeing different things within those symmetrical blots, mm -hmm. but doing more of like a cosmic spin on it and I just painted intuitively and it was just very much my way of exploring all of these like spiritual existential questions that I had at the time around loss and death and dying and and like that mm. kind of was the starting off point with where those paintings came from yeah wow oh, that's so cool to to hear the connection too with um those two things, the ink blots and, and the cosmic pictures from the Hubble, what kind of, when, to kind of go back a little bit, I'm just curious when you were in that, that time of loss, um, how you got into intuitive painting, was there anyone that kind of pointed you in that direction or was it just kind of a natural inclination for you where you were like, I need to channel what I'm feeling. And this is what feels most authentic. Mm -hmm. It was very much just like an urge. I had wow. to just do it. I remember distinctively sitting in class 
Um, I didn't take any time away from university when this mm. had all happened. And so I think it was just my body's way of saying like, you need to take a break and you need to like, listen to what's going on in your body. Yes. And uh, I just like got up and left class. It was literally just like at the break, I said, I need to go home and paint. And I had never felt something like that strong before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, I remember I just stayed home for like, you know, the rest of the week and just worked on this massive painting. And I was using a palette knife, which was something I had never done before, but it was just so, um, it was like, I didn't have any control over what needed to happen. Yeah. But I just went with it and what came out came out. And I remember feeling so much better and Mm. amazed um, by what I had made, because it's something that I never would have thought I would have made if I had the moment or the time to sort of like intellectualize something and plan for something. Right. Yeah. So and that I mean, that kind of almost set me on the path to discovering art therapy too which Mm. I didn't mention but I'm studying to become an art therapist at the time at the moment right now but that was exactly what I was doing back then without knowing it yeah that is so beautiful to hear how you listened to that inner knowing and just was like you know what this is it like I think sometimes you know, it's, it's very easy to go, no, I I have to just kind of pedal through this. And it's so important to remember that our body sends us signals because of something it's not to be ignored. I mean, there are certain things that we can kind of go, okay, this is not as important, but that's so clearly in this case, what was so vital for you. And I'm so happy that you, you listened to that. Cause I think that for anyone listening is a great reminder to listen to the body, listen to your, your spirit and what it's calling you to do. And now that it, you know, now you're doing this work in art therapy, it's, I'm hearing so many full circles coming through, coming back home, coming back to the land, honoring the land, painting a landscape. Like it's all beautiful, like circles. Yeah, totally. Which is, it's really affirming, I guess that like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right about, I mean, life is kind of like that. It doesn't always afford us the time. Um, It gets so busy that it's really Mm -hmm. easy to ignore the things that we need to do for ourselves that feel really good. And it's important. I mean, in that situation, I had let things sit for so long that it kind of, you know, it just was bubbling over. But right. I've learned now, um, and this is what I tell people when I have the opportunity, like, make it more of a balanced thing in your life, if you can, like, give give some space in your life a little bit every day to explore that through some sort of creative outlet so that it doesn't get to that point. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love hearing that. And on that note of, of talking about um, art therapy, I'm curious what kind of was the catalyst to specifically kind of get you in that direction? Because I hear some interesting connections, not only from your cathartic experience, but also with uh, the ink blot test and kind of using 
the the cosmic visuals as more guides as well what was kind of the point where you said you know what I want to get into art therapy I didn't even know that it existed um Mm -hmm. so it started because I I pursued psychology and that was from going to therapy for the first time and just like being blown away at how much I was learning from that experience about myself and about Mm. my relationships and I just said oh yeah like I have to pursue this I need to know more so I got my psychology degree all the while I was kind of still fostering my art and uh and the art was such a healing component for me as well like over the course of my life not just after grieving my father but like throughout my childhood I was using it as a way to cope and deal with like, you know, problems with maybe being bullied or whatever, right? I was using Mm -hmm. it as an outlet. And I didn't really know what I was doing with my psychology. And so I had gone to a career counselor and just said, like, this is what I've got going on. And she said, like, art therapy, hello, like, how are (laughs) you not doing this already? You, This is your life. And so Mm -hmm. um, it was because of her and I just immediately started looking into schools and pursuing that. And here I am like, yeah, mm. it's kind of a brainer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a great marriage of all of all of these things. And with having your own experience and, and now going through school, what are some of your biggest takeaways about art therapy, just in, in a generalized sense? What is kind of the most powerful thing that you have learned? Hmm. I mean, the art, the art teaches so much about ourselves if we're willing to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so art therapy really taught me about how to dialogue with the art. So wow. the intuitive process is important. Like Mm -hmm. draw what you're feeling, draw, you know, a memory from your past, what that might look like or whatever the case, but it's, it's about letting out what's inside and then looking at it from kind of a distance because you've put it on something like a canvas or you've made something out of clay. So you can look at it, you can touch it, you can interact with it because it's not inside of yourself. And for me, that was just huge. That was such a huge moment, um, a light bulb moment of like, I can find out so many things about myself, maybe that I don't understand that are in there because they're so deep inside. If I just take the time to make art, I can let it all out and I'll find out more about what's going on. What do I need? What's the symbolism inside this piece of art that I've made? Like, what's it trying to teach me? And that, and for me, that's a very spiritual experience. Yeah. Um, it's so hard to talk about these things sometimes. Like, it's just hard to find the words to express what's going on. Um, sometimes mm. it can be really painful to talk about things. Like, it can reactivate. But if you make the art, well, then you can talk about the art. Yes. Instead. But you're still addressing the thing. Mm. And to me, like, I just get shivers, like, you know, when I talk about it, because I just think it's so cool. Like, yeah, we all have the outlet to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If we want, you know, it's it's available to all of us. Oh, I love hearing that excitement, too, because I think for a lot of us, especially if 
you're not really an art, uh, like quote unquote artist, like you don't identify with that moniker. There's still, it, it's still just a tool. You don't have to be an artist to make art and to use that tool of release and, and channel what is going on so that you can have that extra insight into it. And I really love hearing that reminder because there's, you know, I, we've all heard it. Someone will say like, oh, I can't even draw a stick figure. Mm -hmm. And that is like, yes, you can, but also like, why not make a really weird looking stick figure? Maybe that's how you're feeling. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And like even scribbling. Yes. Right. Like I've done it where I'll just scribble. I'll close my eyes and just scribble something. Maybe I'm going to use my non-dominant hand to just like Mm. really mix it up, you know, which is important for the brain. That actually is really good for getting your brain working together because you're challenging it. Right. But Mm. you can make so many cool things out of a scribble, you know, and everybody has that too. Like, and you're right. It's not about skill level. It's about just expressing yourself. Right. Freely. Yeah. And seeing what happens, being curious about it, you know? Mm. I love that. And actually, now that we're we're talking about, you know, mark making and scribbles and those, that sort of element, um, I'm curious for you how color comes up because color is so important in the work that you create how do you think that translates through emotion or like what what do colors mean to you because I think that says a whole lot oh yeah for sure that's a great question I think if I'm going to analyze myself I'm pretty reserved as a person Mm -hmm. Um, as a child, very shy. I wasn't really supported in being able to express myself uh, when I was growing up. So I've really like bottled a lot of things up Mm -hmm. over the years and stifled a lot of like everything that I've been feeling inside. And I think that using color was just that way of, I can express myself through this way without, you know, it's not a direct thing that's coming out of me. There's no judgment for, you know, if I'm being too loud, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's where that comes from. For me, it's like, I need to be more reserved and quiet, but my art doesn't have to be. Mm. And that was my outlet to express everything that I was feeling. And yeah, that's how color is used for me, for sure. But I think it's also... Like I said earlier, I think it's just my way of really expressing life. Mm -hmm. Like when something is full of color, it's alive, I think, you know, even with ourselves, right? When you've got a lot of color in your face, like there's life there. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's just how I'm trying to portray that there's a lot happening here. Yeah. Mm. That's absolutely like just so yummy to hear because color is such an interesting element. And I feel like um, for me personally, a lot of artists that I gravitate towards tend to have that rainbow because it's like you can see the whole spectrum of existence by how people choose to use color. And that can be really fun. Um, 
is there ever a time for you when you're working with color where, because when I was looking at your Instagram, a lot of it is like total rainbow explosion. Have you ever gone through like phases with like specifically one color or like a theme for yourself? Mm -hmm. Actually right now, um, I am playing around more with just black and white again. Ooh. And uh, that's been very interesting for me because I haven't really been focusing on that in a long time. I mean, when I yeah. was drawing with pencil, that was a thing, right? I was just drawing with a pencil, but um, I got an iPad and and I've been tinkering around with, you know, just drawing on there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just black and white. And I feel like there's more freedom. It's easier for me to plan designs that way because I don't have to think about the color just yet, but it's a lot easier for me to just focus on the simplicity. And I think that that's very symbolic too, that where I'm at in my life right now, I'm really simplifying a lot. Yeah. And I enjoy the peace and calm that comes from, it's just kind of almost just like, yeah, it's just black and white, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have to think about too much more beyond that. And it's it's been fun because I think it's also helping me to think about how I'm going to use these designs with color later on. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm just presently enjoying the simplicity for now and then see what comes. But it's already starting to influence my work, I think, cool. which, is, which is cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what comes of that. Yeah. So for sure. That's a great question. That's where I'm at right now. It's so interesting how different tools can really help us engage with art in different ways too. I feel like over the past year specifically, I've talked to artists who have also gotten iPads or some sort of like tablet to begin working on and just kind of integrating that into like just another tool of reflection, but also another tool of planning that I think is, you know, as artists, when we, you know, are just getting our hands in the paint and we're getting, you know, loose with it, that's really fun. Um, but there's something really interesting by adding steps because we then add different voices almost into what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, digital work is very freeing because I don't like, it's not that I'm wasting, but I'm always very mindful about the materials that I'm using. And mm -hmm. I want to make sure that when I'm executing a painting that I'm like, I'm not going to waste a bunch of paint. I like just using what I need. Right. And digital art has helped me to do that. So I can kind of, yeah, plan things out first and play around a little bit more without feeling like, Ooh, I'm using too much material. And that is, it's totally okay to use material. I encourage people that I work with in the art therapy space, like, don't worry about that kind of thing. Like, right. Be free with it. Right. But for me, that's been such a helpful tool to just like ease my mind about what I'm, it, it allows me to be more playful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, one thing that I try and tell folks, um, when using art as ritual, Sometimes a cheap sketchbook is the best because you're not, you know, stressing over that like 140 pound weight paper that's like 
$14 for one slice and you got to like really think and pray about what you want to draw on it or paint on it. Like spontaneity comes in so many different forms. And I think digital is, I'm hearing a lot of artists use that digital for that spontaneity. So there's more freedom there. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. But you're right. Don't hold back. If there's something that you want to do, you want to actually use paint or clay or pastel, whatever. Yeah. There's so many ways to access cheaper materials. Like the dollar store is amazing. Yes. (laughs) Art supplies. Yeah. So you are currently working with clients. Um, What is, because you're actually the third um, art therapist that I've interviewed. And I always find it really interesting what y'all get because the space is so different. It's, it's therapeutic. So it's meant to be a space of um, that safety, that security of expression where, you know, it's safe, quote unquote, because this is not for Instagram, it's for a reflection. Um, what are you noticing in the work that you do with folks? What maybe images have been coming up that you find interesting or do you see any images from working with folks that kind of influence you as well? Oh, for sure. Um, so primarily right now, the population group that I'm working with and that I really enjoy working with um, are seniors and oh, love people them. that are in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love them. Yes. Um, long-term care. Yeah. Residents. Um, mm. And what comes up quite a bit is nature, actually. Um, And I think that, I mean, that's common ground that we all have some connection to. We've got Mm -hmm. memories of spending time in nature Um, for some of the long-term care residents. They don't get to go out in nature as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the art is the outlet where they get to explore that. Um, I can bring nature materials into the art space and they can use those too, like so that they are still able to like work with aspects of nature like rocks and sticks and leaves and you know and and that's been really wonderful but um spirituality comes up a lot too through the art and having a spiritual experience with the land um there's a lot of existential questions that arise in the group also if they're kind of close to end of life Mm. you know um so for me being able to facilitate groups in that space. I mean, I learned so much from them. Um, it's a very reciprocal relationship. Mm. And I think it's influencing my personal work as well, because why, I mean, why wouldn't it, but I'm also really focusing on landscapes right now too. And it's just so cool that it's mirroring each other. Like I I'm working on these things in my private personal life. And then I go to these groups to work with my clients and we're doing the same things together. And so it's just really special that I can have conversations with them about what it's like to not be able to go outside as much anymore, to not have the freedom. What does that feel like? And what are some of your fondest memories of being outside and, you know, in a time where I wasn't alive yet? Like, what was that like to grow Mm -hmm. up in the forties or the thirties or whatever, you know? So it's just so cool that the art is the it's the what brings all of us together to share this experience and I just love it like it's just so fulfilling yeah 
Ah, I, that sounds so nourishing. And I, I love that you're working with the elderly because you're actually the first art therapist that I've talked to that, that had that specific, uh, group, um, that they work with, which I think is really fascinating, but also what a rich group of people to work with because they've just had so much life that they've gone through. And now that they're in this place of like resting kind of to, to be just be for, for however long, you know, and to have that outlet, I think is so powerful because as they're reaching that end, like, wow, what a way to express what they're feeling. And actually it also brings up for me on a personal note, my grandmother at 85 took up painting and she was doing that towards the end of her life. And actually, um, was about to be in the show. She, she died rather suddenly, um, and peacefully, but you know, it was such a shock, but we had all of these pieces of art that she left along with, you know, everything, all the memories, but it was just so powerful and sweet that mm-hmm. that became her outlet for like painting. And I just, it gets me so excited to hear that that's the group that you're working with because they're the coolest. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm curious about your grandmother's experience, but like, and I'm sorry, by the way. Yeah. Um, but like in the group that I work with, I hear it all the time. Like I, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. And, mm. and maybe in their life, they didn't have the experience to even explore that. Right. And what I love about it is that now it's giving them the option and you've got choice. Like, yes, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have total control over whatever you want to make. I'll facilitate that for that to happen. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. they don't even, sometimes they don't even know where to start because it's, that's just hasn't been the case, but for that population, especially living in long-term care where maybe there's not a lot of choice, the art, provides that opportunity yeah yeah and and you're so right like making artworks that you get to keep the family can cherish Mm -hmm. afterwards so huge like and so special yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really like it was you know it's so funny thinking back to her. I remember before seeing her artwork, she wasn't at assisted living, but she was at a, you know, retirement place where it's all the older folks. And I just remember her saying to me, she's like, well, don't judge it too harshly because I'm a novice at this. (laughs) And just being like, what are you talking about? I'm just thrilled that you at 85 want to pick something new up and like be so bold and so brave. But also in my mind, she taught piano for the majority of her life. So I'm like, first of all, I I wouldn't be like so naive coming up to you with a piano like piece, but also like just how sweet and humbling to have like to see how you can start at any time. You can start at any time. You can find enjoyment in anything at 
any time and be your your channel. And it's so beautiful because she she also did a lot of landscapes. That's just the the gateway drug is like <laughs> landscapes. I love it. Totally. And I think it builds self-esteem and confidence when you maybe you're going to surprise yourself. You're going to make something right. that you didn't even know that you were capable of making. And then mm -hmm. you look at it and your family and friends can look at it and go, wow, like that's amazing. That just, that feels so good to be able yeah. to exist in that space and create things that you love. And yeah. 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 So you work with group settings. Um, what does that kind of look like in a session? Do you guys kind of, do you come in with like a theme that you'll explore or is it more of like, you come into the space and you ask everyone what they're kind of experiencing? I would love to know, like almost to be a fly on the wall. Cause that just is so cool. Like what it's like to enter that space and um, initiate this, these sessions, facilitate. Great question. It's a little bit of both. Mm. So the way that I run my group currently um, is it's it's open studio. So there's no expectation. The residents can come and go as they please because maybe staying for two hours is just too much. So right. it's very free flowing. Um, I always come prepared with an idea um, because sometimes they don't even know what they want to make. And they need something to prompt them into the process. So I'll always come prepared with a few different ideas. Sometimes mm -hmm. all of the group is interested to do the whatever prompt I've given and they'll all participate. And that's awesome. But there's a lot of times where it'll be maybe a little bit different for everybody. Mm. And they'll want to do something completely separate. And I allow for that because that's important in the moment for that person. Right. And what I kind of like, I mean, I like both experiences because when everybody's maybe working on something else, you know, the other group members, they're going to look across the table and say, what are you working on? And they can share their work. And it's such a great social experience for the, for the members that are there yeah. to learn from one another, to encourage each other. Um, and then when they're all making the same type of thing, like that's just as valuable because they can really talk about, well, this was my experience with this or, you know, and it's just, it's so flexible. Mm. And I prefer that. I think that that's a really good way to work, you know, cause then they get what they need out of the session for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's so cool too, to have that, that freedom and also give that freedom to others where they're able, as you said before, have that agency that, you know, life is not always allowing them to have anymore because of all different restrictions that might be happening. And I think it's just thinking back to my own grandmother too. That's also a time in life where there's a lot of loss. I remember talking to her about, you know, she would say like, oh, this is a letter from this person, but they passed away a few years ago. And like going back to this idea of processing grief, that is such an important part, I feel like, to help close your own chapter is, is to work through all of that loss, because through so much life, you have so much loss. There's so much fullness, but there's also so much that has gone, 
gone by. So it's just really, I'm curious, has there ever been a piece or, and if there has been, what piece has really stood out to you and struck you as like, whoa, this was a huge process that's, that this person put through on this, on this piece of art? Ooh, I don't know if I could think of anything in particular. I think it's yeah. kind of been more of like a collective thing um, yeah. in terms of the grief and loss, because th that's such a huge component, I think, that's ever present in the groups. Yeah. There's anticipatory grief, right? Just mm. knowing that end of life is approaching. Um, but, I mean, let's be real. Like we all have that. <laughs> That could happen to any one of us at any point, but right. definitely in that population, it's in the front of their minds. Um, and there have been residents that have passed. And so they'll bring that into the group because it's just happened maybe the day before and wow. they're processing the grief. And, and it's something that happens so frequently in a facility like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seems like it's always around. And I think what what it always sort of comes back to for this group, I don't know if it's like this with all groups, but certainly the groups that I'm running, like spirituality is so important for every member because that keeps them, it helps to really keep them grounded, yeah. gives them some sort of faith and hope um, to get them through the grief. It's maybe already got them through grief if they've lost their spouse or, you know, other loved ones, because they're, you know, 90 years old, they've lost their friends in their own family because of having such a long life. And, right. and I think the art just coming and making the art is so important and valuable, because it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. As well, you know, like, if they're in a lot of pain, they can lose themselves for a few hours or whatever, within the art making process. Right. And they also get to express how they're feeling, you know, so like that's just so profound for me. And I think every time I leave, I just reflect a lot on how that affects my own life and how I'm mm. framing my own life. And it comes down to just like gratitude yeah. for every day, you know, like that I'm here and that I get to spend with them and what they teach me. And it's yeah, I don't know. It's just such a fulfilling experience every time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I love going back to the the topic of spirituality. You know, we talked about how working with these groups can influence your own art. Has working with these groups also influenced your spiritual practice? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um I think that just having conversations about things that are going on for the residents. Um, it's kind of made me think, you know, I got to really make sure that I'm nurturing this part of my life, like the spiritual side mm. now and not put it off until it's too late. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been, I think even with my art, I view my time in front of the canvas as a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. um, but even more so just with meditating, praying, you know, just taking that time. When I go out into the land, 
I'm more mindful now um, of what is my intention with being out there and, you know, addressing the land, saying hi, you know, like just I'm here. It's it's a relationship that needs to be built. And I think that's what I'm learning from working with residents in long term care, um, with losing my own loved ones, like nurture mm -hmm nurture nurture like nurture the relationships that you have nurture your spiritual side and uh, i've noticed that that has just brought me so much more calm in my life yeah and um it's changing my art practice too it, it it's like it's easier to sink into the flow because i'm already sort of existing there all the time if that makes sense. Mm, love to hear that. That is yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And so it's just, yeah, that's what I've noticed so far. Um, Reiki, I got my Reiki training and I've been integrating that as well into my, my prayer time, you know, like I'll spend that time doing self Reiki. Mm -hmm. It just, everything just feels like it's more intentional and present for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Well, on that note, <laughs> I feel like that's like the juiciest note for us to kind of crystallize all of this. And now I would love for you to share, Jade, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you and um, sink into the sweetness well, um, on, I'm on Facebook. If you search Jade Wolf, my art page should come up. Um, I am on Instagram. It's a little harder to find me. I have a really complicated name. <laughs> um, it's Anima Infinita, but there's a period in, in between every letter. Links also in the show notes for anyone awesome. listening. <laughs> that makes it much easier. <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you so much, Lauren. This was amazing. Yeah, thank you. It was such a pleasure. And I just feel so grateful that one that you reached out that we had this conversation. But I'm also so thankful for you um, reminding me of my grandma today. So mm. I hope that anyone who is listening also has that inclination to to reach out or just reminisce on on the sweetness that is our people and our nature. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs>